Welcome to Globe Fodder, the podcast taking you around the world, one episode at a time. My name is Ryan Bleak, and I'm sitting here with a lovely blonde lady. What is your name, ma'am? My name is Tyra Bleak. Yes, that's correct. My lovely, lovely wife. And we are on the fifth episode, Tyra. Woo-woo-woo. Yeah. That's the horns. They're, oh, man. We hired some we're just horn getting, players. Yeah, we're just getting better and better. It's. <laughs> I mean, now that we can invest in the, the studio band i feel like our yeah. podcast is just going to be it's on the next off. level oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tyra which country are we covering in today's episode okay today's episode we are covering andorra which i accidentally started studying andorra the city mm-hmm. when you first told me that we were doing this and i was like oh yeah this is cool but no that's not it yeah you started saying like oh it's just another coastal place and i'm like ah andorra is a landlocked country and i realized yeah, yeah you were studying andorra the town on the coast of italy one r instead of two r's like the country hmm. but i assume that actually quite a few people don't know most people probably don't know that andorra is even a country so just to tell you a little bit about the country it is a landlocked country that is located uh, between spain and France, right on the right on the border there. It's a little bit closer towards the Mediterranean than it is towards the Atlantic. Right. Seems like a great location to visit. Well, yeah, especially if you want to see France and Spain. I mean, you can knock off three countries right yeah. there. And part of the reason why I bet most people have not heard of Andorra is because it is a micro country or a micro state. So it's very, very small. Not as small as, say, you know, the, the Vatican City, but it's very, very small. Its uh, population is only 78,000, which, you know, that's the size of a medium-sized city. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty small. At about 78,000, that puts it just behind Antigua and just ahead of Dominica as far as population goes. The capital and largest city is Andorra la Vella, with an official population of about 23,000 and 40,000 in the metro area. And an interesting thing about that particular city, it is at an elevation of 3,356 feet, the highest capital city in Europe. Oh, wow. So not only is it the capital, it's a popular ski resort. Oh, cool. That sounds like a dream. Because it is such a small country, it doesn't have much of a varied geography. Basically, it's an alpine country. It sits... In the Pyrenees Mountains. And it looks quite amazing. It does look very, very pretty. Yeah. So the actual size is about 190 square miles, which again, I always put it in perspective compared to the U.S. The U.S. is about 9.5 million. So it's very, very small. Uh, You know, that's roughly, what, 10 miles times 19 miles. Wow. And in terms of geographic size, it is the 178th largest country, just behind St. Lucia and ahead of Palau. The highest point in the country is Coma Pedrosa at 9,652 feet. And the Gran Valera River is the lowest point in the country as it departs, as the river departs Andorra into Spain. And that is about 2,756 feet. Not about, it's 2,756 feet. Okay, so I have one question. Yes. Do they get a lot of comas in the highest point? That is the worst joke I've ever heard in the entire <laughs> history Come of on. my life. Come on, boo 
And the weather in Andorra is highly dependent on elevation, as you could imagine. The higher an elevation you get, the colder it is. The weather in the capital city is very, very mild. It's a continental climate. So in in January, the highs are in the mid-40s. Very, very mild fall and spring. And in the summer, the high, the average high gets up to about 80 degrees. No, that sounds quite wonderful, actually. Yeah, actually, it's, it's a, yeah, very, it's very perfect. pleasant. Yeah. Next, to hit a couple of historical highlights, Andorra is thought to have been founded by Charlemagne. What I find interesting about Andorra, present-day Andorra, is that it is a diarchy as opposed to a monarchy. So it is technically ruled by the Count of Urgell and also the President of France. Oh, wow. So they're not... They're, they're not technically like the day-to-day rulers. I mean, it's a democracy, but the same way that Britain has the queen, uh-huh. Andorra has, again, the French president and the Count of Urgell. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's a principality. Actually, those are the those are considered to be the two princes. Okay. Next, let's talk about the language, or the languages, I should say, of Andorra. So the official language is Catalan, uh, but Spanish, Portuguese, and French are also commonly spoken. So Catalan is very, very similar to Spanish. It's not the same, but it's very, very similar. Moving on to the economics of Andorra. So the GDP is estimated to be about $3.25 billion, uh, which, you know, it's not a, that's not very large compared to you know most countries, but it's a very small country. So per capita, that comes out to about $42,000 uh, per person. Whereas, again, in the U.S., we're sitting at about 59.5 thousand. So they are not a wealthy country, but they are not a poor country either. By far, the biggest driver of their economy is tourism. It makes up 80% of their GDP. Oh, my gosh. And this I thought was interesting. They get about 10 million visitors a year, which, if you think about their population being less than 100,000, that's a huge amount that of is nuts. tourism. Yeah. Well, sitting in the... Pyrenees, they kind of hit the geographical jackpot there. So uh, ski resorts is a big destination, and I think different mountain activities in the summer are a big driver of, of why, why their tourism numbers are, are so high. Did you see um, any photos of their like ski resorts? and? Yeah, they look really nice. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Again, because they're mostly mountainous, only 5% of the land is arable or farmable, so they have to import the vast majority of their food. Unemployment is especially low at 2%. Um, particularly in, in Europe, that's a very, very low low number. They can't be unemployed. They have too many tourists coming in. <laughs> yeah. So they don't do a ton of manufacturing, but what they do is they uh, manufacture cigarettes, cigars, and furniture, which is an interesting uh, combination there. Oh, furniture? Yeah. Wow. Um, and their natural resources, and besides the mountains, obviously, include hydroelectric power, mineral water, timber, iron, ore, and lead. So Tyra, say you decided that you wanted to visit Andorra, a flight, uh, well, it's going to be tricky because it's one of the few countries that doesn't have a major airport. In fact, the nearest major airports are in Toulouse in France and Barcelona, obviously, in Spain. Oh, no. Both of which are about a three-hour drive. Oh, no. But if you wanted to fly into Barcelona at the end er, in June... It cost about $744, which isn't too bad, but that's an 18 and a half hour uh, travel day, so a long layover. 
or you can spend a little more money, $966, and the trip would take you just over 13 hours. Okay, so, and also, you're doing these from the oh, that's West right. Coast, right? Thank you for reminding me. So that, yeah, that travel time is from uh, Seattle, SeaTac. Mm-hmm. But I bet you can, like, catch the train pretty quickly. Oh, no, they don't have a train up there, so no. how would you get there? Yeah, they have, they have a train that passes through, passes nearby, but I think you have to catch a bus, basically, to get to your destination mm-hmm. within Andorra. Now, typically, Tyra, we like to cover the major tourist attractions, uh, but it's difficult with Andorra because, honestly, besides the mountains themselves, there's really not much to see. That is the tourist attraction. Yes, really, because the country is so tiny and it's in the mountains, the country itself, the mountains, are the, are the attraction. One of my favorite segments, Tyra, is talking about my favorite negative review of a tourist attraction. Oh, yes, this is my favorite, too. From TripAdvisor. It was a little bit of a challenge to find a good one this time uh, because, again, there's not very many tourist attractions. And this one is brought to us courtesy of Chloe M. from Berkshire, or Berkshire, UK. And she says, it's her headline says, depending on the weather. And this is a review mm-hmm. of, I guess they, have, they also have a Central Park there. Okay. So she says, depending on the weather. I did not really enjoy this park, and I guess it was because of the weather. I will give it another chance tomorrow morning. Oh, boy. Isn't that really a, rev- a more a review of the weather <laughs> yes, than the park? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that literally describes any park in the entire world. I know, yeah. If it's raining, if it's gray, you're not going to enjoy it. Uh-huh. It has nothing to do with the park. Yes. I would like to see her uh, reviews of all outdoor locations that she's ever been to. Is <laughs> it all just depend on the weather? So if you did fly to Andorra, obviously you're going to need a place to stay. And most people will turn to Airbnb to try to find that place. And so I did, uh, and it's going to run you in, lo- in the low 100s. That's what a place will run you. Oh, wow. So actually pretty affordable, especially yeah. for Europe. But if you wanted to actually live there, now, of course, it's going to cost you more. It's going to cost about $850 in the, for a one-bedroom in the city center or $600 for a one-bedroom outside the city center. Oh, my gosh. That's not bad at all. Nope. Or if you want a three-bedroom city center... About 1500 or about 1000 for a three-bedroom outside the city center. We can't forget to talk about Andorran celebrities. Yes. And I could not find a single solitary oh, no. Andorran celebrity that I've ever heard of. Okay, what about like sports person or something? I try. Seems like I cast a broad net. I could not find a single solitary Andorran celebrity that I've ever heard of, including athletes. Wow. Um, I mean, there's, you got Anna Ars, funny last name, um, photographer and former skip of Andorra's curling team. Okay. Or Anonymous, a band that competed in Eurovision. Oh, my. Um, Alex Anter, an alpine skier. I don't know, Tyra. I've I've not heard of any of these folks. Okay. They have, they have an opportunity, Andorra. You have an opportunity. Yeah. If you, like... If you're a young Andorran, it's not going to take much to become the most well-known Andorran in the world. Yes, that's right. I'm thinking maybe we can get like some Andorran on TikTok who can just like maybe they could even like name their accounts world's most famous Andorran. Yes. There you go. It's always fun to include a novel and movie that are set there. 
again, like I always say, whenever I travel to a place, I like to read a book that is set in the country. So this time I came up with Death Has a Thousand Doors by Patricia Gray. It's a little murder mystery. Uh, sounds interesting. If I ever visit Andorra, I will give it a read. Ooh, very nice. Any movies? Movie, thank you for asking. Don't Take the Name of God in Vain. Oh, okay. It is a short, a short film. Uh, it was set in, or excuse me, made in 1999, and it's set in the year 2046. A crime lord has arranged for a gathering of re- of religious leaders intended to answer a single question: How can one identify the true Messiah? Oh wow! And then, of course, somebody makes an appearance who claims to be the true Messiah. Ooh. Okay, Tyra, we've come to everyone's favorite part of the show. It is time for you to tell us about Andorran cuisine. Okay, cuisine. My favorite part and everybody else's as well, right? Mm-hmm. Can I hear an amen? What happened to Anyone? yummy, 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 yummy food? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That was only like episode one. Oh, yeah. And then two. Yeah, that was a good, that's one, a good one time thing. Yummy, 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 yummy food. Okay, so we have Andorra's cuisine. Their cuisine shares a lot of similarities with its Spanish neighbor, Catalonia, which is a region that's very close, and it's in Spain, and it's just southwest of Andorra, okay? As well as a few with France, so you're going to get both of those that are kind of, they cross the borders and they come into Andorra. This country consumes a lot of mountain game. Okay. Could you have guessed? It's Never. V- I know. It's very mountainous, obviously. So s- think things like wild boar or hare, as well as many other varieties of um, wild mushrooms. Uh, the natural resources of the area also lend to plentiful freshwater fish because there are many rivers in the country. Oh, yeah. Right. So um, as well, you will find Mediterranean produce and abundant livestock so they have a ton of that, goats, cows, sheep, pig. So we have a smorgasbord of interesting flavors right there. The Andorian people have combined what their land has to offer into impressive recipes, both traditional and modern. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about their one of their most popular staple items that you will get whenever you sit down at a restaurant. Okay. Very easy. And we don't do it here, but it sounds delicious. You will always sit down and you will get bread at your table that is smothered with tomato and garlic on top. It's like um, a jam. It's not sweet. Mm -hmm. It's just like mushed up tomato and garlic and they put it on the bread. Most of the items that I found that are popular in Andorra are savory recipes so basically we're going to be talking about savory food um the first one that i'm going to talk about is the trout the freshwater trout so because this country is landlocked they don't have a lot of like fresh seafood or anything like that but they do have fresh trout so they cook a dish that's called trucha a la andorana which is basically trout in spanish trout of the Andorans. That's right. This fish is prepared very basically, salt and pepper. Um, Sometimes they'll heat a pan up with cognac, 
dredge the fish with flour, drop it in a that same pan with now oil, and cook it with a piece of ham on both sides of the fish, and then serve it. Oh. Sounds delicious. Piece of ham. Yeah. Interesting. Or bacon. I mean, mostly ham there, mm-hmm. but people have used bacon as well. So that's very good. Another item that they feature is cargols, which is snails. So have you ever had a snail before? No. Okay. If you don't know what a snail tastes like, I can tell you. Oh, you've had one. No. I looked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Haha, tricked you. Yeah, you did. A snail is going to taste like nothing, basically. A snail is something that just absorbs whatever you cook it in. It's more about texture. And when you think of like eating calamari or -hmm. something that's more chewy, that's kind of what a snail is. Okay. So the way that they prepare this dish, well, snails, one way is they oven roast them and put them in an olive oil, salt, and a, and then dip them in a garlic aioli, which is mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Would you try it? Uh, yeah, I would try it. I'm not going to make them here at home, though, for you. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't really want you to. <laughs> Another item that you might find there is called canillo. Canillo literally means rabbit. There's a dish, there's a dish called Andorran canillo, which is rabbit in tomato sauce. It's cooked in a variety of ways in Andorra, but most commonly it's a stewed rich tomato sauce with onions and white wine. So you may ask yourself, what in the world does rabbit taste like? Because who eats rabbit? I'm not getting tricked again. (laughs) Okay, well. You've never had it. I have not had it. Okay. They say that rabbit tastes like chicken. Of course. So anything that you don't know what it tastes like, just say chicken and maybe it'll be right. But anyway, rabbit is basically a white meat, but it does, however, have more of an earthy flavor to it. And it depends on the way that the rabbit is raised. So obviously, if it's from the wild, it's going to have more of a gamey flavor to it. Gotcha. And if it is grown on a farm, it's going to have more fat and be a little bit more tender. The ones that are in the wild (laughs) are stronger. (laughs) Is that why they call it the faster white meat? (laughs) Yes, the faster white meat. What? I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, used to be there's a marketing campaign in the 80s when we were kids it was like pork the other white meat oh yes this is the faster white meat you're you're totally right since we're talking about fast little critters another crazy dish that used to be served was called barasheda this particular dish is arroz squirrel a what arroz squirrel So this dish was served when the country was actually very poor. So they tried squirrel. So they would just put the the meat in there with vegetables and then um, eat it. But now people go and they try and find it and the government will not allow them to serve this anymore. So now let's talk about one of the main dishes similar to barasheda, which is called escudea. This is the main dish that you will find for Andorra. If you search Andorra cuisine, you're going to find this. 
Escudella is served primarily during the during the winter seasons. It's very popular all over the country and is found in most restaurants. So it's basically a special kind of soup that's made with cooked pasta, vegetables, and several other produce, and then of course your meats. That pretty much concludes my part. Okay, well, thank you, Tyra. It's always a pleasure to sit across the podcast table from you. And And you. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we cannot conclude our episode without acknowledging our sponsor, Macy's. Macy's, come buy your clothes before we close forever. Oh, man, that's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) But true. Yeah. And additionally, we've got our viewer email from Barack O. Barack O writes us again, Tyra. Oh, he emailed though this time. You're right. Usually he's he's caught on. Oh my gosh. Usually he sends it in via, via snail mail. He is moving up in the technology That's world. That's right. So he asks, Globe Fodder folks, which of the friends are your favorite? Tyra, what say you? I'm going to go with Joey. Yes, Joey is the only acceptable answer. Is that what you would that have said? That is what I, that's what I was going to say. Joey's the best. Yeah. He's so likable. Yeah. I want to be like Joey. Well, he's a little bit of a man whore, but aside, beside. Okay. I don't want to be that part. Beside his sexual ethics, just a lovable guy. Lovable and handsome. Yeah. Once again, thank you for listening to another episode of Globe Fodder. Coming up next time, we are going to be covering Angola. We are headed back to Africa. Ooh, fun. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye.